with me on this episode again is Marty Daniels, owner of Potavox. How are you? Well, Brad, I normally like to ask people, how do I look? But since we're self-distancing uh, here, uh, I'm going to just go ahead and tell you that I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking. Good. Good. Yeah, well, you were... <laughs> I don't think we uh, had any other choice than uh, distancing on this one since we're uh, remotely a few hours apart. Yeah, yeah well, th- th- we, we do the distancing uh, legitimately every time we talk, so that's okay. Yeah, but, but, you know, here's the thing, too. I think this kind of, uh, I got comments about people asking what our studio setup was and all that kind of stuff. I said, well, you know, Brett was in his studio in Columbus, Ohio, and I was in my studio in eastern Kentucky, and um, the magic of technology has brought us together. Right. And, and I, people, I think that is being yeah, being underlined uh, hugely just with this situation of the social distancing, mm-hmm. the uh, virtual conferencing going on. Um, yeah. I, I think a lot of podcasting is going on this way too, but I, I, we're becoming much more comfortable with either uh, this t- type of situation, knowing that we can talk virtually or seeing ourselves on the screen or turning that camera off so you don't have to see yourself talk. Yeah. But now we know, you know what, this, this type of technology is pretty easy to use. Yeah, I, I have to turn the camera off because I get distracted. Because yeah. I cannot stand it's easily to do that. the way my mouth moves when I talk. It, mm-hmm. it bothers yeah, me. I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. No, it makes sense. I think we all have those pieces that we didn't know. I do that yeah, yeah, when I talk. Yeah. And, and I think it's wise to turn off the camera if it bothers you that much. That's silly to keep it on. There's no need to. Thank you for that freedom. I appreciate that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm giving permission to everyone listening. You know, You're the and, and I guess this leads to it leads to our topic today too. That don't let this virtual conferencing recording uh, bother your increase or decrease of downloads. It's not going to matter. Mm -hmm. Content is always going to be king, but you also need to be taking a look at other ways to increase podcast downloads. And um, one not even on our list is there's no way you're going to increase podcast downloads if you don't continue to podcast. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) So don't, don't let, don't let that social distancing bother you. Find software that's going to work for you. Know the limitations of it. Know that if you do use camera, it's going to affect the audio. Mm-hmm. And if you and your guest or yourself and two other people in the room, however many people you have in that podcast, if they can handle not seeing each other, go for that. You will have a better end result. Well, you know, I figure I talk to people on the phone all the time and I don't actually see them. I'm pretty okay with that. I do understand some younger people, though, might be a little bit put off by not being able to see who they're speaking to uh, just because the way you know, technology is and technology has changed and communication has changed, you know? So I get that. But, um, yeah, sure. But, you know, it's not an obstacle that can't be overcome. That's for sure. Um, right. You know, right. I had one yeah, client. I agree. I agree. Wanted to use smoke signals and tribal clucks, but, uh, I was not comfortable with that. So, well, it would have a certain audience for sure, but <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to speak to as many people as possible. Right, exactly. With my strangeness. Exactly. I apologize for that, for inflicting that on you at this moment. I'm so sorry, Brad. <laughs> sure, sure, exactly. That's okay. Thanks, uh, man. You know, one, you know, one way, and you, you're probably a bit more 
in tune with this than I am, because I, I don't do a lot of web page development, and I know you do, but I think one way to increase podcast downloads is to make a landing page sure. or add a page to your site. Maybe you can talk a little bit more about that. It, it's really easy to do. I, you know, this coming from a person looking outside in, but talk about important. It is real important. And, and you know, you should, if you have a specific audience that you're trying to attract for your podcast, you should have a page dedicated just to that audience. You know, uh, so many times when we're talking to clients and we, we talk about their avatar, you know, who are they speaking to? Let's really dig down into that. Understand who your best, uh, most frequent listener would be, the person that you want to communicate with most directly. And um, you use that same information to create a web page um, that... that puts people right in front of your podcast or puts your podcast right in front of those people, I should say. Um, you know, you want to have it to be uh, using lingo that they're comfortable with. Uh, graphically should mesh in with your website, but maybe put a couple of other small touches to it where it would be welcoming and inviting to those people. Um, you know, put links to the various places where people can subscribe to your podcast because subscriptions, for whatever reason, subscriptions, people really think that that is um, a hugely important thing. Uh, again, much like the likes or the page likes or the thumbs up on a comment or what have you, um, I don't look at those things, but I look at the actual interaction. And that's not something that anybody else can see if they're not on my side of the stats. Um, so if you have, uh, a, a, um, let's say a, uh, a podcast or a, a, you put up a social post, let's say, and you get a thumbs up from somebody. Well, people look at that and they go, oh, well, somebody else liked it. That's great. That's validating. Um, that's the same way I view subscriptions to your podcast as well. It depends on the business, depends on your nonprofit, how that all kind of comes out in the wash. But uh, those things are important. So even though you are not dependent on having a huge audience, it is a validator to other people when they see people actually subscribe to your podcast. So you want to make sure that that link right. is there on your landing page. Right. And I, I think a couple other things, too, that, you know, Google likes that. Sure. Uh, you're, you're, you're directing people to your.com, and, and your.com is your castle. No one can take that away if you depend on people going to another landing page based on someone else's website, like a Patreon or your, even your podcast host platform that they offer you a part of their platform, a, a web page, still doesn't belong to you. You could use it, that's okay, but I wouldn't rely on it. It's, it's just in these times, I think your, your .com is your.com. And, and that's where you want them to go. That's the only place you want them to go to subscribe. You don't want them to go to Apple Podcasts. You don't want them to go to Spotify. Because guess what? All of a sudden, they have a lot of other choices to subscribe to as well. Why give them that? Yeah. Bring them home. Yeah. Bring them home. You know, and that's that's the truth, Brett. You said a lot of, of wise things there. You know, I mean, yes, you know, MailChimp, um, Patreon, all these different platforms, they do offer the ability to build a landing page. That's fine, good, that's dandy. Uh, but it's not optimal. Optimally, make sure you're directing all traffic back to your website, your domain, 
your URL because uh, that familiarity, that uh, habit of visiting you is going to deepen the, the bonds of your relationship with these people. Right. And, and going to that direction, talking about bonding, number two, leveraging some social media. Mm-hmm. I, I think there are some really great opportunities to now – I think we've gone through the, the, the phase of putting a full episode on your social media, whether YouTube or Facebook or Twitter. Uh, it, it's not going to be listened to, okay? You might put it up on you – know, convert your whole episode and put it up onto YouTube just for the Google juice of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, there will be some listeners, yes take those few that's great but that's that can't be your main thing but you can also leverage all those social media pieces by taking small audio clips from your podcast and converting it into a using a software uh, headliner is free using some uh, some really easy to use graphic tools uh, canva or stencil uh, you can really make some really neat promo episodes to encourage them to go to the full episode yeah or to engage your followers on on webs on on social media to comment to at least go here to listen to more get them excited about going to listen to that episode that may already be published or will be published in the near future nice promo piece there absolutely you know and it's gotten so easy to create the graphics that can streamline into your branding um, for your podcast uh, for your business you it's so easy to use tools like Canva, and even if you still are challenged with that, you can so affordably hire people that are going to be capable of doing that exact kind of thing. Of course, you know, Brett, I I don't know if this is part of your business, right, where you can help people uh, create images that are going to help uh, image or brand them visually as well. Yes. Same here. Same here. Yeah, really really not difficult at all as long as you understand what you want it to look like, the the imagery, the uh, the tools are out there yep. to to create it. It's a time factor, of course it is. But you know, working with companies, you know, I think, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I, I do think that the legitimate thing about what we do is anybody. And this is this will sound, Marty, you shouldn't say this, but but it's the truth. You know, anybody really can produce a podcast. Anybody can, and I've heard lots of those. Over the years, <laughs> I've heard tons of those. Heck, I've been in some of those. But um, but the thing of it is, is because the tools are so accessible. You know, you can legitimately record a podcast on your phone. I've gone over this with you in previous episodes, mm-hmm. and they're not going to sound entirely bad. But depending on, is that the optimal for what your podcast situation needs? Mm, maybe, maybe not. So it's, it's, it's important that you know your audience so that you know the expectations that they might have on the other end. You know, does this require, you know, this level of commitment from my technology and equipment that I use to produce a podcast? You know, not everybody has to use Adobe Photoshop or any of the other Adobe uh, Creative Cloud pieces to do their media. Uh, like Brett said, you can get plenty of bang for your buck right out of Canva or Stencil or so many other things that are out there, low or no cost. <laughs> it's really incredible. Really. And, and 
and and don't let it be intimidating. Uh, again, if you have somebody that knows what they can do with it quicker, yeah, know what you can do and hire someone else to do it. That's right. If you can't, that's right. That, that, that's okay. It, it, that's that's not a negative on what you can or can't do. It's it's a it's reality. It's realizing what you have better things to do with your time for your podcast. That's right. So do it. And know. that's the big thing right uh, there. And, 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 What's your time? It's your time. Yeah. That's right. the bottom line. For right. Yeah. Email lists sure. probably are still the most underutilized form of communication now even more than ever, especially when I don't know of an email platform that doesn't have some type of free level. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, a Weber you, know, you don't have to have a... Th- Right, maybe, yeah, and that's more of a professional level anyway, mm-hmm. to a certain degree. But you know, talking Mailchimp's, uh, uh, MailerLite, um, they have these free levels that under a hundred or under a thousand subscribers depends on the platform. Go for it. So, so you know, you when you reach that thousand level. You're probably doing really, really well, and you might be. You can now jump into that nineteen dollars a month or nine dollars a month or whatever it might be. Sure, but uh, go for the free level and start that email list. That is the the most easiest way to communicate <clears throat> with your podcast followers and listeners. It really is. We well, you know, and I've also found that for corporations, organizations that are larger, it's a great way to distribute your audio content as well. Put your latest podcast right at the bottom line of that email or put it at the top so that you can make sure that everybody within your organization has the same message going forward. I th- and, I th- and, and it's an opportunity. For- yeah, right. It, it's an opportunity to talk a little bit more in depth about what that upcoming episode is or some backstory to an episode, photos, it's things that cannot be delivered through Apple Podcast or Google Play. Right. Look at it that way. Yep. And really get them excited. It's like, wow, that, that looked like a fun session that they had during that last podcast recording. I've got to listen to that. Make that email one that really makes them want to listen to that episode or download that episode or mm-hmm. share it, whatever the case might be. This is just a this is probably the even stronger than social media because you're talking to your your audience with that email list you, you know, you're directly talking to them. So you've got to get them excited to listen to that episode immediately and to share. So lots of information can be included in that email list. It's going to help with download numbers. Absolutely. Um, I, I think um, one thing I, I don't know many people that do this is the, is the research keywords before you put anything in the podcast description or even the title Google search what that episode's about. Let's say you're talking about an episode about, you know, knitting and knitting socks for cats. Okay. This, I know it's <laughs> it, as strange, I often do strange topic, but guess what? You tip, you, you type in knitting socks for cats and you're going to have Google give you keywords that other people are searching mm-hmm. for that same topic. That's right. Those are those are keywords to use in your podcast show notes in the podcast title because that's what people are looking for. So Google is trying to answer that question that's being asked. That's all Google is, is a huge dictionary, a huge encyclopedia that all it's trying to do is answer our questions. So why not find out what people are asking about and use that in your podcast title, in your podcast notes? It's really as simple as that. 
And all this time, I've been thinking that Google was just trying to get my data. That's crazy. Huh. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. In the back end, they are. Of course. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it, you know, as, as Google as my friend at this point in time. But I know what you mean. Yes, they are, of course. But if you look at Google like that <laughs> and use it as a tool versus all they want is my information. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. They do. They got to make some money to be able to answer your questions the way they do in milliseconds. Mm-hmm. But Google is giving you the keywords to put in your podcast. Sure. And if you <laughs> right there, all you have to do is giggle it up. If you think you don't need to do this, maybe three weeks ago you didn't need to do this. You could have maybe mm-hmm. gotten away. I know you couldn't have, but you could convince yourself a little bit easier that you didn't need to do this. Um, uh, if you don't think things are on a swivel right now and changing rapidly, you have not been conscious the last three weeks. Uh, I've never seen anything like it in my life. And in fact, um, a space, uh, I have a client in a specific space that I've been working with for three years now. And their SEO needs have, you know, morphed minimally, just minimally over that time. In the last three weeks, we've seen three new specific searches go to the top of what people are looking for when they're trying to find that type of business. You got to stay on top of this. Hmm. You can't just rely on your gut anymore because things are changing right. rapidly. Well, and how do you, yeah, and how do you think the COVID-19 podcasts are being found? They're putting COVID-19 <sighs> in their podcast title. Yeah, but and in their show notes, boy. you know, it's a little bit of it. It's a little cuz it's a hot topic now, but that's a big ocean to be swimming in well, if you want to do that. Well, just not even keyword, that, man. You got to be really careful about that because, you know, this is a pandemic, okay? We don't know what the end results are going to look like. We see what's happening in Italy, we see what's happened in China thus far, uh, and elsewhere mm-hmm. around the globe. We don't know how this is all going to shake out. Um, so we need to be sensitive about that. I Absolutely do not respect, though, people who use this as a marketing opportunity. Um, right. And I didn't mean it no, as no, no, such no. as that. I understand but that. You know, those that, yeah. No, no, yeah. I, get, I get you there, right. man. But I, 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 you, I think I, you and I have I, I both seen that. Here, here's the thing mm-hmm. that you oh, need yeah. to make sure you're doing with your podcast and with your marketing around your podcast, okay? One, don't put things in there about COVID-19 if your topic isn't really about COVID-19. If you are not really genuinely talking to somebody, an authority, an expert, somebody who's experiencing this from a different angle, whatever that is, don't, t- don't use that in your, your title because it's, it will do nothing for you. And in fact, it will probably hurt you. Number two, if you are using ad campaigns or uh, social media posts that were created a month and a half ago, throw them away. <laughs> throw them away. I saw a, a, a company um, that I used to do work with uh, a few years ago. They have um, they, they they do a lot of video ads, and uh, they're really done well. God bless them. They're done really really well. But the one that came out uh, Thursday of this last week was talking about meet our owners and learn why we care. Well, hmm. in that area, it was in a, a Nashville-based business. Um, they've had the tornadoes that ripped through the first week of March, and now they've got COVID-19 happening all around them. And uh, these guys are just bobbing along, talking about how they uh, they have character 
and this, uh, and uh, family values and and this and that and the other and and honestly that that's great but you're not speaking to the need as it is now after tornadoes ripped through an area where people are still displaced and not after a pandemic has come to our shores you got to you got to remain conscientious of what's happening around you and uh, you have to react to that. You have to respond to that. Don't react. Respond to those things. I'll get off my uh, right. and, and, bully pulpit here. No, no. <laughs> I, I, I think I think you're right. I think a lot of podcasters, even they're you know the uh, the guys that get together, drink a couple of beers, and are continuing to podcast. And uh, one of their topics they're going to BS around is COVID nineteen. So they included in their podcast show notes. Yeah, we talked about COVID nineteen too. Well, I had nothing to do with it other than just saying, yeah, we're holed up and the kids are driving me crazy. Right. You know, they're just using it as a key, you know, a keyword to be found. Be smart about what you're doing with this because it, 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 it's um, it, with that big of ocean of COVID-19 keywords, you're going to be lost in the shuffle anyway. Right. But find a different angle with it. You talk, you know, like you mentioned, Marty, talk to someone who's been affected, families affected, uh, a doc, um, a healthcare worker, whatever the case might be, find a unique angle. If, if that's truly what you want to talk about and kind of document the, this time in your podcast, that's great. Do it, but be smart. That's right. Be smart about that's it. Right. And I think that also to, goes you know. to the next uh, next area that we might want to discuss mm-hmm. is your, your show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure. And a lot of it is. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead okay. Go ahead. I, sorry, I kind of lost you there. So, But I was going to just say, yeah. just make sure that what you're doing um, is accurate what your episode is about and use those show notes to leverage your seo to leverage your information that you're going to share with people to make that episode as appealing as possible Um, it's going to affect so many different things about how your show is received both through the native eye and through the digital ai it's uh, a very powerful resource that you have access to and you can't go to sleep on it. That's 4,000 characters that you get to explain and uh, present, quote-unquote. And, and tease might sound a little bit manipulative, but y- you know you don't need to tell everything in it, but tell as much as you can so that people can understand, hey, this is going to be really interesting. Why? Why? You know, the big question you got to answer is, so what? You know, I'm doing a podcast. So what? Well, now you have 4,000 characters to use to tell people why they should care. Right. And and also look at that. Yeah, that's a lot of characters, a lot of words to fill that space. But think about what else you can use those 4,000 characters for. You can also use it for your website mm-hmm. to promote the episode so always think of when you do one thing can you utilize it in another way as well too and it'll be well worth your time to try to fill up four thousand characters and that's really easy to do you you know put your podcast show notes on a google doc highlight and and you'll see how many characters you're using Uh, it's really not that difficult but you may be going in in depth more than you're used to that's okay though because think about what else you can use those characters on your website on social even if you're breaking it up into two or three pieces on social because of the limitations of what Facebook will allow or LinkedIn or Twitter uh, in regards to the number of characters, it's wording you can use down the road and use it down the road as well too. So you 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 may kind of forget about what that episode's about. Let's say it's not anything to do with cur- what we're currently going through. So you've got 4,000 characters. You've got this great description of what this podcast is. 
keep it in an Excel spreadsheet or wherever you're keeping all your notes on your episodes. Well, six months from now, you may kind of forget, what did I talk about in that episode? Mm -hmm. That's right. That was a good piece that came out of it. You've got a reference point. Now, because you you kept those 4,000 characters in a document that you don't have to go back to your website or to your uh, podcast and take a look at what you wrote about. Again, use whatever you put together, use it and reuse it and reuse it. Know that there's a purpose that you can repurpose this 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 work over and over and over again that makes your life easier for six months now, but you think out of time now it's not. <laughs> so, well, sure. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and, and also what I recommend to people is that they keep a, um, a history, a catalog, if you will, of their most poignant aspects of their podcast. Uh, keep an audio record of that so that at, let's say, the end of a year, you can do a retrospective over the past year and all of the things that you've experienced or talked about, the progress, you know, especially for, for businesses. Uh, everybody likes to see progress reports for businesses, uh, for nonprofit organizations. You can do those types of things with your podcast where you might be introducing a new initiative or an effort or an outreach, etc., whatever the case may be. And then through the year, as that uh, is progressing and you're giving updates, pull those out because at the end of the year, you can, you, you can start at the beginning, middle, and the end right there. And it really is powerful to keep momentum going into that next year with your team. Again, making sure everybody's staying on the same page, making sure that everybody's energy is all going into the same direction. Right. It's a wonderful thing when it happens. Yeah. And I think, you know, in, in, in the next few weeks, we'll, we'll just do a whole episode on podcast episode show notes. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's underrated, undervalued, underutilized, and we can, we can, we'll dive into that even deeper. I guess we probably spent more time on that. Say, yeah. So many people want to do, absolutely. So many people want to do episodes about the equipment that you need. And that's the easiest stuff to find out because if somebody like Brett or myself can't tell you directly what you need, depending on the type of podcast that you need, you can find that answer out with a lot of different professional right. audio companies. You know, people that sell the audio gear. Um, they'll be able to help you out as well. Uh, it's all over the internet. I Frankly, I think that most of that is just clickbait. It's just put out there so that people will click on it. So, you know, instead of, I, I love that idea, Brett, instead of really wasting time talking about what kind of gear you need for your podcast, um, let's talk about the importance of the various aspects when you do create a podcast. Right. You know, the show notes, perfect. Title, wonderful. Keywords, great. Yeah, I think so too. It's, it's, uh, it's, I, I'm guilty too of underutilizing it. I really am. But a lot of it comes down to being able to get enough information from a client to put in there too. And, and I continue to remind them, Hey, you've got a lot, a lot of landscape. Feed me, feed me. I can put stuff in there and, and you know, it's, it's training them as well too. So be thinking of that as well too. When you start working with, uh, outside sources that do this for you, give them, give them a lot of information, but yeah, we'll, we'll dive into that even deeper and more, more specifics too. Kind of going back to the web. Sounded a little bit <laughs> maniacal. Sounded a little bit maniacal when you said outside forces. I was like, wow. That's there you like go. Well, sometimes you, sometimes you feel like they are. I exactly. I, kind of go, yeah. yeah. Kind of going back to the website a little bit too. I, I'm not a big, I'm not a big pop-up fan, uh, pop-up windows, but I know they're, they can be useful. 
Yeah, and I wonder, I'm going to go back to you on talking about that. I, I, I know you can time them out, but I think a pop-up window could help subscribe. Uh, subscribers find your podcast or, or reinforce, hey, don't forget to subscribe at a certain time. But I know there's some timing elements and such, but I, I think as long as you don't, you're not too annoying with a pop-up on your website, it, it could be a good tool. Well, first off, everybody thinks a pop-up ad is annoying, period. Okay, there's no getting around it, okay? Everybody hates them, quote-unquote. Um, in fact, when, when you build uh, a website, you always have to do data research. You can't, uh, and, and the same thing when you're, you're, you're developing a podcast. Uh, you have to do data research. And even though you might hate those pop-up ads, and I'm pretty much going to guarantee you that if I took a survey right now, everybody that's listening would say, horrible. Uh, that's okay, um, because the perception is just that. But the truth of the matter is, is that if a regular uh, sign-up form for an e-newsletter e or something of that nature has conversion rate of 1 out of 100, 1.27 out of 100, I think is what it is right now, frankly, uh, a pop-up ad goes to about uh, 3.9%. Uh, percent. So three out of every 100 uh, people are converted using a pop-up as opposed to the one point, whatever it was, like two seven <laughs> on, on just a sidebar or a lower mm -hmm. um, footer uh, for your email list. Um, so if you're not using a pop-up ad, uh, Brett, you're exactly right, though. Um, what you want it to do is you do not want it to come on until people reach a certain point in the content on your website. So, for instance, if somebody comes onto your website and they start reading and they've not really had the opportunity to get value out of what you're offering or to understand your authority, and you put up the pop-up, people are likely to close that pop-up, close the website, and never visit you again. So, when is the right time? about two-thirds the way down the page. You can set them to a scroll effect. And if you set it to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 70% uh, red or 70, you know, three-fourths three of the way down the page, 75% down the page, um, to where a pop-up would come, or when they go to exit the page is even better. Now, the one risk with doing it when people go to exit the page, if you have a menu bar that is prevalent up along the top of your website and they go up towards that bar, that pop-up ad is or pop-up window is going to read that as uh oh they're leaving, and so then it'll come up. You risk a real opportunity there to blow them off. So I always say, rather than on exit, why don't we go ahead and play it safe? I only want qualified people signing up for my email list anyway, and if they're signing up at seventy-five percent. Uh, three-fourths of the way down my page. That means they're getting value out of some of the content that I'm providing. So that's a good bet. If they are going to go through the menu, I'll take the chance and have them going three-fourths of the way down the next page uh, as well. I don't like to do them a lot of times on the exit because those, again, can give false triggers. I agree. I, I guess I'm thinking of it as um, how to what annoys me and don't do it on your own website. <laughs> And those, those points you just talked about are annoying that you want to go to the bar up on top 
and all of a sudden the pop-up gets in the way. It's like, I didn't want that. Get out of here. You click out of it, then you, I'll probably stick mm-hmm. around because I do want to stay on the website. But I like that advice that, you know, maybe it's more of a scroll down. Um, yeah. And, and think about what annoys you. Don't do it on your website then because probably if it annoys you, it annoys your podcast audience. You're pretty much similar to what they are. So be 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 cognizant of that. Yeah. You're here. I can And hear. lastly, I wanted to talk about uh, maybe you, know, you could record yourself on video. Uh, and, and that's probably a, you know, possibly a gen, younger generation that, that that's just a, the common platform. They go right to video, record themselves. You can strip that audio and use it, you know, for um, a, a highlight on a, a um, social media or, you know, use that small video um, on YouTube. I mean, obviously, YouTube <clears throat> is massive. Uh, it's, you know, owned by Google. So, you know, again, kind of going back to the points we talked about earlier, the right keywords, um, the right amount of time using it. Um, it's still a play space in regards to that, that conversion, but it is a searchable area um, that probably ought to be looked at um, depending on how comfortable you are on video. I think that's really what it comes down to. YouTube is absolutely, YouTube is the second most powerful search engine outside of mm. Google, period. Um, second most searches of any search engine. So think about it. Bing, Yahoo, all those other guys don't get as many as YouTube. And YouTube deals with video content, and they deal with everything. So it's uh, it's pretty massive. Um, now, there is a way that you can take advantage of being on YouTube. And if you're not comfortable recording yourself, um, you can create a video or a slideshow that goes along with your audio. Um, additionally, some secondary, some hosting services will have it to where you can automatically upload it to YouTube. And then once it's on YouTube, what they do is they put like a, a logo. Some of them do use pictures and they create, um, using artificial intelligence, they'll, they'll create slideshows for you. Um, I'm not so much a fan of the ones that create the slideshows for you, but I do believe that everybody business-wise and nonprofit organization-wise should have a cache of photos, uh, graphics, logo, branding uh, type things, uh, maybe 20, 30 of them that can be put into something of this nature on a regular basis that's going to help you tell the story keep the people's attention while they're watching or while they're listening to your podcast in a video form. That's if you don't do a traditional video type uh, uh, interview where, you know, it shows you and the person you're talking to or you and your guest or just you, if you're the the sole uh, personality on your podcast. So, you know, those are some options that you can do as well. Um, Obviously I think Brett circle 270 media helps people Mm -hmm. with that. I know Potavox helps people with that kind of thing as well. So, um, you know, it's not impossible to accomplish without um, a video camera or a phone camera right in your face while you're doing your podcast. You don't have to do that. If you're not comfortable on camera, there are other aspects of video that you can take. It might be a bit more eye-catching than just watching two talking heads talk on a microphone. I mean, you and I, you, you know, you and I could do that with this podcast, but quite frankly, I would be bored watching 
both of us watch. I, I you know, it, 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 some people love that. I, I don't. I, I'll go back to what I said. I don't. I can't stand right. to look at. My, I cannot stand the way my my mouth moves. I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. distracting to me. And uh, I also come from a background in radio. And um, when I was young and in radio, everybody was doing Casey Kasem's. You know, he had. Um, these trainings that he would put out and it's talking about moving when you talk and, and, you know, emoting your, your, yourself through your language, but using your body to help you do that. And, and that's what I do. I can remember one time, Brett, this is hilarious. Uh, I was during operation desert storm back in like 92, 93. And I was working at a local radio station in Columbus, Ohio. And I was included in a, news segment on uh, WCMH News Channel 4 there in Columbus. And uh, really thankful that they were coming out to this event that we were doing because I'd worked hard on this uh, this thing as well. And we were going to do a lot of good for um, uh, families of soldiers and all that good stuff. And uh, <laughs> guy comes out and at the event and he's interviewing me and he goes, I'm sorry, can you be still for just a minute so I can actually <laughs> use this footage? <laughs> I was like, no. No, 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 I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, but, you know, it was kind of humbling, but it also let me know, hey, even though you are a darn good-looking man, Marty Daniels, uh, TV is not you for you. Pal. Don't you have a filter for that so, on your camera? Uh, Come on, make me sta- make me look like I'm standing still. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to believe this. I had a ponytail. <laughs> oh, that would have been a good one. I'd like to see that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a long hair, man. I such a train wreck. I swear. <laughs> oh, those those were the times. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, know know your strengths and weaknesses, <laughs> and you know, if you're not comfortable in front of a camera, there are many other ways that actually might be stronger than having yourself on video. And I guess we want to make that point pretty easy to use. It's just knowing what software is out there and having that library of photos to insert into it could actually make a much better uh, video version of your content than, uh, again, two talking heads over a microphone. We think it's cool right now, but it's not. It, believe me, it's just not that big of a deal, honestly. <laughs> you know, uh, you just uh, think it you know, is, but it's unless, not. Unless, you know, no. again, I'm, there are some there are some exceptions. If you've got a really great looking studio that's kind of cool, but that's that all you're attracting are the kind of the the, the studio geeks that's like, wow, look at what he's doing in there. Or she's doing with that. Uh, yeah, that's great. But yeah. again, how much time is that worth? Maybe three minutes <laughs> and then they bail on your video. <laughs> Keep them engaged with some, mm-hmm. some other uh, type of uh, video or um, uh, uh, photographs within that, uh, within that video mo- or uh, photograph montage that can be created. It's, it's really pretty easy to do. It's just having the library, like you said. So yeah, exactly. There, there's a gentleman I've been talking to about doing a podcast, and I, I mean, he contact the first time he contacted me was like three years ago. Said he wanted to do a podcast, you know, this, that, the other. Had this whole studio laid out, all this good stuff. I said, well, what's holding you back? He goes, well, I don't have the, uh, the props set up yet. I don't have the backdrop and all this other stuff that I want to get done yet. And I said, well, why don't you just do a podcast, like audio podcast, then? Well. Um, you know, that's a good idea, but uh, I really want to build a studio. So here we are, you know, 365 times three later, and he still doesn't have anything out. Eh, yeah, get to it. Right. Let's go. Come on. Right. 
Time's wasting. If it's important to say, yeah, exactly. get it out there. You Let's always, go. You can always do the video portion of it. Just get something going because now you've lost three years of traction. Yeah, exactly. So you bet. You bet. That's exactly right. Uh, Podavox, where can we find more information about you? Sure. Well, on any of your favorite uh, social media platforms, we can be found at Podavox. That's for sure. Um, then also online at podovox.com. That is P O D O V O X.com. P O D O V O X.com. And you can uh, subscribe to the Be Heard podcast. Nice. And circle270media.com is mine, as well as uh, the podcast uh, webpage, note to futureme.com, too. So any inquiries you need about podcasting, contact either one of us. We'll get you to the right direction. We'll get you going. Um, work with both of us. Work with one of us. Uh, we'll get it figured out. But, you know, both Marty and I basically do the same thing to a certain degree. We both have our strengths and weaknesses, and we both work with each other to make sure we get you, your business, your nonprofit, your governmental agency, whatever it might be, we get we're going to get you going. And between the uh, between the two of us, if I can't supply something, I'm going to knock on Marty's door and say, "Hey, can you help me out with this?" And vice versa, we'll get it done for you. And uh, we we appreciate you giving us a call, especially in these times, and understanding that this is a great medium to be on mm-hmm. um, and, and get it going now. Indeed, indeed, I agree. You know, great resource. We'd love to be able to help you out small businesses, locally owned, all that good stuff. You bet. You bet. Cool. Well, thanks for joining with me on this uh, Ways to Increase podcast downloads. Uh, Again, we'll uh, have more to come. I appreciate your time, Marty, and uh, we'll talk soon. Brent, it's always good to talk with you as well, and thanks so much for the conversation.